0: Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, good to see all of you. How is everybody doing? Are you good? Good, we have a great sermon for you this morning. The title is going to be, You Can Know God Better. And so it'll be a great ending to our long sermon series that we started back in January. And so uh, this is just an exciting time for our church. Tomorrow is a big day for our church. How many of you are going to be a part of the kids camp? Look at all these hands. We have a kids camp. Uh, we have lots of kids sa- signed up. We have done a lot of marketing. We have gone. I have been ha- have just bringing flyers with me wherever I have gone and given people flyers, telling people about this free kids camp. We're going to go all out. We're going to have tons of fun. It's going to be Monday through Thursday. If there is a meeting right after church today. So if you're interested in helping out, there's some things you can do. There's other things you have to pass a background check to be with kids. But today, if you want to help us set up and kind of uh, redo this building to make it really fun and cool for kids, you could stick around. We have a meeting right after this uh, church service. But if you would, let's get right into the sermon now. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. This is good news. The, the title of this sermon is, You Can Know God Better. Many of you have known the Lord for years. I have good news for you. You can know God better. Many of you would be in a place of just wondering, is there a turning point? Is there a breakthrough with God? Well, I have good news. You can know God Better. Some of you have been longing for God, wondering maybe where he is. Guess what? You can know God better. If you're in doubt, you can know God better. Wherever you are at in your spiritual journey, good news, you can know God better. I want to prove that to you. I want to show you a scripture today. Ephesians chapter 1 17 through 21, this is simply three sentences. And Paul is just kind of known for taking a whole bunch of stuff and and just, wow, cramming it into three sentences. So we will read these three sentences and then I will spend the rest of the sermon trying to unpack these three sentences. And the title, the main point being, You Can Know God Better. So if you would, would you stand with me? We're going to read Ephesians 1, starting in verse 17. If you have your own paper Bibles, thank you for bringing them. If not, we have it right here on the screen. And it says this, it's Paul saying that he's praying for, he's asking for the ancient Ephesian church for something. And it says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit, it's capitalized, spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can, say it with me, know him better. Verse 18, he continues this prayer. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for those who believe. He's going to answer this question. Well, what kind of power? It's this kind of power. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his, at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Verse 21, far above All rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, Christ, you are in our midst. And Lord, wherever we are at, standing here this morning, considering and reading your word to us, this word um, of God before us, that we can know you better Lord, that's our prayer, a simple prayer this morning that that we can know you better. We can be encouraged. We can have the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know you better. Lord, we pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And with joy, all of New Life Manitou shouted, Amen. Amen, amen. You may be seated. This is a three-point sermon. Do you remember when I used to preach three-point sermons all the time for years? And then during this series, at some point, I I stopped and kind of just did, we're in a huge series, we're just going to do one point per Sunday. But since we are at the close of a huge sermon series, I've personally never preached a 24-week sermon series. We've been going through who the Father is, Son, Holy Spirit. We are now today concluding this long series called who is God, question mark, and all along the way been asking and answering this question of of saying, who is God? Well, he's father, son, and he's Holy Spirit. And we're going to conclude it today with saying we can know God better. So point number one is this, the spirit, capital S, the spirit of wisdom and revelation enables us to know God better. We can know God better. However you know God now, you can know him better. In philosophy, there's this term epistemology, which is the study of how we know what we know. And in Christianity and theology, we often talk about, well, how do we know who God is? And how do we know that we know who God is? That study, that, this, asking those questions and studying that, it's called epistemology. And you've probably heard uh, similar analogies with like how we know God Compared to how we can know another human being. So I'm going to compare like how we can know someone. There's different ways of knowing someone, a human being, with how we can know God. So I'm going to do something a little risky. I'm going to ask you to yell out uh, something. I'm going to ask you to yell out the name of a famous person that, that you're a fan of. So, someone you're, you're personally a fan of, and someone, so that when you say the name, everyone in here would know this name and will use this person in sort of analogy. Anybody want to risk it? Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt Harrison, Harrison Ford, Harrison, Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise, Tom Hanks, Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Hey, there's no there's wrong answers here. Let's go. I heard, Tom, who said Tom Hanks? I like Tom Hanks. Okay, a couple people said Tom. We'll go with Tom Hanks. Uh, I've been watching his movies since, uh, it was like Big was was one way back in the 80s. Um, he, he's he just, uh, he, he's, he's a good actor. People, he's just kind of a well-like. We'll go with Tom Hanks. So, if you 're a fan of Tom Hanks, and whoever yelled out tom Hanks you don 't have to be a super fan, but if if someone's a super fan of tom hanks they they read interviews about tom hanks they if, if he i don 't know if he has a biography, if he does you 've read it, a super fan will have read it. A super fan of Tom Hanks would you know have his Instagram, have his Twitter, and whenever tom hanks um, post something, they're the first one to read it. Like, oh, cool. He's going to do a new movie. Wow. Cool. You just know a lot about Tom Hanks. Now, do you know Tom Hanks or do you just know about Tom Hanks in this analogy so far? You probably just know about Tom Hanks. But what if one day you're like in the airport and you're walking around and you see Tom Hanks in the airport, and your heart just starts Look, oh, that's Tom Hanks. Oh, it's not. You, you try to work up some courage, and, and you go over to him, and you're like, "Hi, I'm I'm Tom. You're Joe." It's. I mean, I'm. Wait, you're no, you're Tom. You're just like. You're just so excited, and you get to meet him, and you're like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Well, it turns out I'm flying today," and and you're like, oh, "Me too." What's the odds? This is amazing. You're my my biggest hero. You're my biggest, I'm a a huge fan, blah, blah, blah. And he's, well, you know, nice to meet you. I got to catch my flight. And you're like, wow. You walk away and for like every day from like this day for like 10 years, everyone you meet, you're like, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. The weather is nice. Yeah, you know what the weather reminds me of? The day I met Tom Hanks, let me tell you. And you would just go on and on, right, about this interaction this had, this encounter that you had with Tom Hanks. And from that day on, you really could say, well, I, I actually don't just know about Tom Hanks. I met him once. And, and so you could say, I know Tom Hanks. I've, I've met him once. It was a two-minute interaction, and I, and I uh, just panicked. Uh, but I met him for, for a couple minutes, a couple seconds. I met Tom Hanks, and then you you know you could say well there's the knowing about there's the the knowing having an interaction and then there's there's really you know another type of knowing where those close to Tom Hanks, his his true friends and family, could say, like, they, they interact with Tom daily, weekly, they, they, through all of life's events, that they are with Tom, and they see it, and they spend time with him. And that, we would say, that's a more pure form, a better form of knowing, because you're known, and you know. You don't just know about, you haven't just had past experiences, but you are continually Knowing. And so, in this analogy, I'm sure all of you know where I'm going with this. In this analogy with God, certainly there are those of us that know about God. There's certainly those of us who have had encounters with God in the past, and we get excited and we thank the Lord that, that we had these moments. But then there's this continuum of those of us that would say, No, we really know God. We know Him, and He knows us. We spend time with God there is a deep way to know God and wherever you're at in this journey I want to encourage you today you can know him better this is what Ephesians 1 said this is the same passage I already read this verse Paul asks that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious father may give you so it's like a gift this gift of the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better so we receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know him better. So how do we do that? Like, what what does that look like? Do we just wait for this gift, the spirit of wisdom and revelation? Or is there something we can do? And I think just like there's something we could do if we want to get to know someone, we would spend time with them, we would interact with them, we would learn about them certainly, we would read about them if possible, we would write to them, we would text them, we would interact, we would call. In the same way that we get to know a person is, well, some of those things are also true of the Lord. So here's point number two. Point number one was you can know God better. Point number two is it's gonna be kind of the how. We walk in the gift of receiving the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So how, how, we, how do we do that? We, we have to walk in it. It's a gift to know God better. But how can we interact with that? Do we, do we just hang out and, and wait? Well, no, there's things we can do along the way to know God better. And so let me make this really simple. I have three points within a three points. These are three sub points of how to know God better. I'm really into the three point thing today. Bear with me. But these are pretty simple. I'm going to make it as simple as I can because I think, you know, if we're trying to get to know someone, we would do these things. If we're trying to um, get to know God, we would do these things. Trying to get to know a person, we would learn about them. If you're trying to get to know God, we would learn about God. And the best way to do that, number one, I'm going to say is by reading the word, by reading his word and getting into the text of scripture, knowing who God is, we read about him. We can learn the correct ways in which he has interacted with people. I think there's a lot of times that in our lives we we make God in our image. And when we read the text of Scripture, we're learning either straight like God is speaking about who he is. Or we're learning about how he has interacted with people over time. And we see who he truly is. And so read the text of Scripture. This is kind of obvious stuff. This is like Duh, do you remember that saying back in my middle school? It was like, duh, this is duh stuff. We read, we read scripture. And sometimes it's just like, oh yeah, that's what we do. But then does it make its way into our lives? At the beginning of this year, how many of you were here in January? Uh, I, I gave a New Year's resolution, I challenge. Uh, it's been almost, we're almost at the half year mark. And if you can remember all the way back then, I gave a challenge and I said, add five minutes Whatever, you know, if you have a routine of reading the word, add five minutes to that. So, and, and I, I kind of just made it a general, like, you know, time of devotion. If you spend whatever amount of time you spend in prayer or worship or reading the Bible, add five minutes to that. And for some of you, I was like, let, let's be honest, some of us don't have a routine every day. And, and if that's where you're at, at, start a five minute one. And I've been doing that. I've been challenged in my own life to add that to my rhythms and routines daily to add five minutes. Maybe some of you have been thinking about that through the year, but it's not too late now. To, to, it's never too late to, to say, I I want to get to know the Lord better, and to begin to walk in those steps of receiving the Spirit of wisdom and revelation. And I'm going to say, number one is to read the text of Scripture. Number two is to spend time in prayer, spend time with the Lord, praying, listening, meditating. Spend time uh, with without distraction, asking the Lord to to to. to Be in your life. I mean, this is what you would do if you wanted to spend time and learn about another person, you would spend time with them. And so to spend time with the Lord in prayer. And oftentimes this can look like praying through scripture, um, reading the Psalms in a holy way, Lectio, this this idea of uh, enlightened reading where we read slowly the text of scripture and you're not only at the same time reading scripture, you're also praying it through, which really gives us form to how our prayers can go before the Lord. I think there's, uh, let me tell you a quick story. It's kind of a bad example of what not to do. And this is like someone who's un has no foundation in faith just starts to pray. I mean, I, I often hear the, you know, the definition of prayer is just talk to God. And that's a great place to start. Yeah, just talk to God. But sometimes we can pray to a God who is in our image and not the correct God. So we do need scripture and prayer at the same time. So this story is, Like uh, this last Christmas, we have four boys. Uh, The youngest one is five now. He was four at the time. His name's Theo. And every night before bed, we get all four boys together, my wife and I, and we uh, usually read like a little... Little, like a chapter in this children's book, it's like two pages. We pray through a psalm, we read a psalm, and then I usually say, Who wants to pray? Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's Erica, sometimes one of the little boys gets to pray. Uh, one night near Christmas time, it was Theo, and he said, I'll pray. And so he started praying, just so a perfect, lovely little four year old prayer God, thank you for this day. Thank you that we got to play outside in the snow and, and we're all kind of praying. And then he said, and dear Santa, thank you for the gifts. And my wife and I just looked at each other and we're like, uh, we, don't, we don't pray to Santa, honey. And he's like, okay. And we just kind of moved on. But it, it like gave me this thought like, man, that's an example of what not to do. Like how easy is it for us as adults to pray to a God that we have created a God in our image. And so that's why we need both uh, reading the word of God as well as praying. And the third one is gonna be this. The third one, this is, this is pretty simple stuff and how to know God better. And that's this group right here. Look around, like we are in community right now. The church is the place where we corporately come together. We worship, we hopefully, you know, if, if Sundays is what you have and, and church to you is church on Sunday, that's a great place to start. But we keep going into this community. This is a place where we live our lives with one another. We are known and we know each other. And it's in this community that we, we live our lives and we grow closer to God. And we actually can know God better by interacting and being a part of the church that we call home. So, so pray. Pray. Uh, the uh, first one was read the word of God. second one is pray. And the third one is to be involved in a community. This is how we can know God better. I told you, it's, not, it's kind of duh stuff, right? Like duh, like middle school, duh. This is easy stuff. This, we all kind of know this. Nothing new here today. But this is the way we can know God better. The third point is this. So, so, so far in reviewing this sermon, we said we can know God better. It's the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and it's this gift. And how do we interact with this gift? Well, we can read the Bible, we can pray, we can be in community. And this third point is this. uh, If if you could put up the third point is the kind of knowledge, the knowledge of God has resurrection power. Like when we know God, when we get to know him better, this this isn't just knowledge about God. This is resurrection power in our lives. This is the kind of power, the same power, Paul says, that rose Christ from the dead. We can have this knowledge of God inside of us. And it's not just knowledge for knowledge's sake. It is the power of God. This power is resurrection power. Resurrection is central to our belief as Christians that Jesus Christ was fully dead and then rose from the grave. And he brought with him this new resurrection life. He wasn't just resuscitated back to life, but fully resurrected from the tomb. He was fully dead. Uh, Let me tell you another story. This is back when I was... um, A college pastor, so I've been on New Life staff for quite a few years before planting New Life Manitou, which we're in now. Uh, I was at New Life North, this way, uh, at New Life North, uh, with the college and 20-somethings ministry, and we had a Sunday school, and one day, uh, just right next door, there's Pikes Peak Community College. The president of the Atheist Club at Pikes Peak Community College called the church, and the lady, her name is Linda, answered the phone, how, how can I direct your call? And he, he introduced himself, he's a nice guy, he said, I'm a president of the Atheist Club, I really want to get a hold of someone, uh, because to do is do the school project. I need to do a debate. And so I want to do a debate with a Christian. Is there anybody there who would like to debate me, the, the president of this atheist club? And Linda, sweet Linda on the phone. Some of you probably have interacted with her over the years. She said, uh, let me direct your call to Joe. And so I got the phone call. And he was a really nice young man. He really was. He was respectful. He didn't want to, like some people, you just know, like they're just wanting to fight and fight. This guy was like, I really want to think through the I really want to think through belief and 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 so would you uh, wanted to, to debate me. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I've never done a debate. How about we get together for coffee and we talk about it? So him and I sat down and it was actually quite enjoyable. We went back and forth on what we believe. He, he cleared up some, oh, I didn't know atheists thought that. And he probably said the same. I didn't know Christians thought like that. This is helpful. So we actually had a couple coffee appointments where we talked through the debate. And then on the day of the debate, uh, there was a moderator and a bunch of kids showed up. And I think they got extra credit if they were at this debate. So they all showed up. And so we got to go back and forth on a couple different points. And one of the criticisms, this was a really cool criticism, at the end of the debate, uh, someone came up to us and said, this wasn't a debate. You guys were too nice to each other. It was like you were friends or something. And I was just like, Yes, like that's what I kind of, that, that was a win for me, that, that we weren't just fighting up there. We were going back and forth on things that we had already talked about during the coffees. And then towards the end of the debate, uh, there was kind of this question, uh, the students stood up, or maybe the, uh, someone asked questions and we got to go kind of back and forth on these questions. And one of the questions was, uh, can you each respond to NDEs and what that might mean for faith? And my first uh, sub-question was, What in the world is an NDE? And so I kind of had to look foolish at asking like, "What's an NDE. And they said, it's a near, oh, all of you know, of course, all of you know. I didn't know. I was uh, the clown up there that didn't know. And so the near death experience, if if you don't know, near death experience. Um, And so what what does that mean? And I was like, oh, oh, near death experience. Okay. And so I said, well, maybe that says something. I'm, I'm no expert here. Um. But, but I do know that there is some common experiences when someone in, let's say, a hospital uh, on the bed is clearly, like, they're, they're strapped to machines and it's clear, okay, their heart has stopped, their brain activity has stopped, they are pronounced dead, and then at some point, usually it's just a matter of you know seconds or minutes they come back to life. Maybe they're shocked back to life. Maybe just through a series of events, the CPR, they cu- they were dead and they're brought back to life. It's pretty cool. I, I was kind of rambling through this answer at the debate. And I said, it's pretty cool that, you know, some people have spiritual experiences in these NDEs. It's, a lot of people talk about seeing a light or seeing uh, friends and family that have that have are, uh, passed before they. And isn't that interesting? It, it t- maybe says something. That was kind of my response. It maybe says something about an afterlife or a God or the, 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 the realness of our spiritual beings. And that was kind of my rambling answer. And then uh, the atheist guy, the president of the club, he gave his answer. And it was also kind of rambly. Neither one of us were you know, that good on our feet with these questions at the end, but, but he at least knew what an NDE was, so he had already started to win that point. And uh, so he, he began to say, well, it says nothing. The, the, the NDEs, you know, it's just people that are dead for a little bit of time, and you know, they're, they're just resuscitated back, and you know, it doesn't really say anything about spirituality. It doesn't say anything about life after death. It certainly doesn't say anything about God. And he went on with that answer and his opinion on, that. And then he said, you know what would be really impressive if someone died for like, I don't know, like three days or something. And they were like totally dead. And if that person came back to life, well, then, you know, I would listen to them. And I was like, that's exactly what we believe. And I I jumped on it and I was like, Jesus was fully dead for like three days and he came back and I was was just so excited. And and so looking at the debate, I don't think I won the debate, but at least that (laughs) point, I was like, at that point, I, I said something that made some sense to some people that Jesus really was dead. And it's the power of the resurrection that that is inside of us paul says that same power that rose christ from the dead it's in us and so when we get to know god it's not just knowledge for knowledge sake. It's not just, you know, Jeopardy knowledge or uh, how many of you remember Trivial Pursuit back in the 80s and 90s? Anybody? That was, I love that game because I have like worthless knowledge and I could do pretty good with like, like, it's just knowledge for knowledge's sake. It doesn't have any practical application outside of Jeopardy or Trivial Pursuit. But it's like we, when we know God, it's not just knowledge for knowledge's sake. It's not just knowledge like saying, you know, good job. We, we have some facts memorized about the Bible or, you know, who God is. This is real resurrection power when we know God. And this has, you know, this really plays into our world that we're living in, that this resurrection power is real and alive for us today. The, the world needs resurrection power. Amen. You know, I do think, Brett mentioned uh, on Friday, Roe versus Wade overturned. And <clears throat> I can't help but think that our nation is certainly divided. And the nation needs to see Christians with the resurrection, true power, and love. And, you know, as, as a pro-lifer, as I, um, you know, a lot of pro-lifers this, this week were like, yeah, you know, we, we don't discriminate on, you know, we, we say a human is a human and a person is a person, whether they've taken their first breath yet or not. We don't discriminate. We, we say let's look out for this human, this person, whether uh, the the person is born yet or not. We don't discriminate. There's there's some societies and cultures where it's it's kind of socially okay to to get an ultrasound and find out if if the uh, child is a girl, then to end that pregnancy, if the child is a boy, to then have the baby. And it's in other cultures that's become kind of a norm. And, and we as pro-lifers are like, well, no, no, we don't discriminate between the men, you know, boy or a girl. We say, this is a human, this is a person. And there's some cultures, I would say the United States in many people's minds is something like this when an ultrasound is done and there's some sort of abnormality or a birth defect or, uh, you know, down syndrome or something, people would say, well, this pregnancy can be terminated. We as pro-lifers, we say, we, we don't discriminate. This is a person. This is a human. And And I think just in kind of talking through this as a pastor, I think in the world today, Um, especially since Friday, what the world needs from us is not like a gloating. I don't don't think anyone, you know, I don't think there is the time to to gloat and to, you know, to say, you know, our enemies, people that think differently, they lost. It's like, whoa, whoa, first of all, other fellow human beings aren't our enemies. They, They are loved by God. You know, Christ has died for, for a babies that have been aborted. Christ has died for mothers that have made decisions to end a pregnancy. Christ loves them. And, and Christ loves dads who maybe pressured the mom into ending a, a pregnancy. Like this is a very broken world. And the resurrection power that's inside of us, the world needs this. The world, it's a dark world and we need to walk justly. We need to love justice, love mercy, walk humbly, from Micah 6.8. We, as the church, we don't just have knowledge and arguments. And, and you know, to, to, no, no, no. This knowledge is a transformation power that brings death to life. In the same way that Jesus was in a tomb bringing resurrection, uh, the first of the resurrected. We also, when we die, we will bring this resurrection. Christ will bring us out of the tombs, what I mean by that. And we have this resurrection power here and now and the world certainly needs to see that, amen? amen. Let me close with a sermon illustration. I, I usually have more stories than illustrations, but I thought I, I have an illustration of like Christ in us, the knowledge of God inside of us and what this can look like. So here's, uh, let's see, here's you. This is, this is you. In case you get confused, I'll put that. <laughs> okay. Here's you. That's you. Nice blue hat on. Um, it used to be something else, and it got crossed off. I think it was like sewing supplies at our house or something. So this is you. The blue hat on. This is you. And and when we receive Jesus, the the... the I don't know, the, the metaphor here that I'm gonna use in this illustration. It's just an illustration, so bear with me. It's a very simple one. But here's, I'll put in um, to us, like when we receive Christ's body and blood, and we do this at New Life Manor too. we receive this every week. Brett will lead us to the table in just a few minutes. But when we receive his body and blood inside of us, well, this is this is us now. Like we, we have in this, um, Simple analogy as it is, like in the same way we have to eat food or else we lose energy. We lose, um, you know, we, we, we don't have sustenance. We can't go on if we don't eat food. In the same way, Christ in this mystery gives us his body and his blood and, and we eat it. We bring it inside of us. In the spirit of knowledge and revelation, it's, it's inside of us. So as, as maybe silly as this uh, analogy is, this is us with Christ Inside of us. And there's maybe one more step. Because the spirit of wisdom and knowledge. Like we have this. And it's like not only is God inside of us. But we can be placed into the Lord. And so I have another um, bucket here. Tub I guess. And I'm going to make this one as the Holy Spirit. So. Holy Spirit. And. When we receive Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit inside of us, there's, there's maybe more that, that not only are we living in this world, but we are also living in the knowledge and the, the possession of the Holy Spirit. So here in this analogy, we have inside of us Christ's body and blood. We have the spirit of wisdom and revelation inside of us. And we are also in the Holy Spirit. Sometimes scripture talks about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. This would be maybe an example, a visual of that, like totally immersed in the Holy Spirit while the Holy Spirit in God himself is inside of us. Like here's someone who knows God better and is striving to know God better. Wherever you're at, I started this sermon off today saying wherever you're at in the pendulum of of, of knowing God and, the, and the, like the scale of we're like where, if you could put yourself on a scale, how well do you think you know God? You can know God better. And, and maybe a breakthrough in your life is just around the corner. Maybe there's something that the Lord is gonna do. Maybe the spirit of wisdom and revelation is gonna hit you and, and you're gonna be immersed in the Holy Spirit. And you're gonna receive the spirit in a new way. Maybe today, maybe this week, like that, that the Lord would do something inside of you where you're like, wow, I do know the Lord better. So would you stand with me? We're gonna close by... Um, Rereading the Ephesians passage that we started off reading. The band, you you guys can come up. They're gonna lead us in one more song after Brett leads us to the table. But would you listen to these words with maybe new ears that the Lord is speaking to each one of us individually today that we can know him better. So we'll start in verse uh, 18. I pray, this is Paul's prayer. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for those of us that believe. And then he says what that power is like. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and he seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority power and dominion and every name that is invoked not only in the present age but also in the one to come